this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The Hot Nerd, bringing you another episode of the Hot Nerd Podcast. The Hot Nerd Podcast, the home of the safety misfits, the safety outlaws, the safety others. And that's exactly, exactly who I do all this for. All of you hashtag safety fam out there that are fighting the good fight, trying to make the world a better place to work and often fighting to do that against a broken and shitty system and pushing that rock up the hill every single day. I believe we'll get there. We're making it happen day by day, conversation by conversation. Before we get too far into this thing, do me a favor, head over to the website, www.thehopnerd.com. Follow along on all things social media at The Hop Nerd, except for Twitter. It is special. It is at The Hop Nerd 1, and Instagram is super duper special. It's Sam. You, Goodman, and you'll see my ugly mug on any of those. It's just Sam Goodman over on LinkedIn, and that is more of your style. But follow along, leave us some love, show us some support, all that kind of sort of stuff. If you are leaving comments, if you're liking stuff, if you're interacting with stuff, any of that, if you just like the podcast, you scroll down, leave us some stars, take a few minutes to leave us a little bit of a review. That helps us way more than you could ever imagine. It literally keeps the lights on around here and allows us to continue to bring you this fun content absolutely free. So today I wanted to talk about something that is from the new book, Safety Sucks, The Manifesto, which comes out tomorrow. Can you believe it? It, it, it's, it's here. Safety Sucks the Manifesto is finally here after kind of what seems like years, but it's really been like maybe a month of me telling you about this book. It's finally here, and I, I'm just, I'm excited. I've been so excited to bring this to you. It's been a great project, spending time with my near and dear friend, Ian Allison, pulling this thing together. You're going to like it. So what I wanted to talk to you today is a piece that we cover in the book pretty, pretty well, but it's this idea about poison arrows. So this is a story that you have probably heard or read at some point in your life. And it's a story that I had read several times in the past. And I just never really kind of like put two and two together at the time because I read it like forever ago and then I heard it and then I'd read it again. I just kind of seen it here and there in passing. And then the other day I was just like listening to some stuff on YouTube and then like reading some stuff and I came across it again. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. And it hit me, right? So the story of the poison arrow is this. So the Buddha, basically while replying to a young and very impatient student's inquiries about the afterlife, shared with him a story. And the story was about a man that was shot with a poisoned arrow. So this man had just been shot with a poisoned arrow. He's mortally wounded. And as he laid there kind of on his deathbed, his family's there offering him, you know, medical help. Let us, let us go bring a doctor. Let us go find someone that can come and help you with this stuff. Pre, please, let me go get someone to help you with this big freaking poison arrow that's sticking out of you. But the man didn't desire any form of medical intervention. He wanted answers before he would allow his family to bring the doctor, the person that could actually help him maybe survive, he wanted to know the answers to his questions. Who shot the arrow? 
What type of person was this? What was his height? What was his strength? What was his skin tone? What was the bow made out of? Was it made out of this type of wood or that type of wood? What was the string made out of? What type of bow was it in general? How was it constructed? What feathers were on the arrow? Was it made out of vulture feathers or peacock feathers? And as he sit there asking all these questions, he succumbed to his injuries. He died. So as absurd as this man's course of action or his line of questions kind of seem as we say that, it sounds really familiar. Huh? It's eerily familiar. We often follow a similar path within our organizations. We waste valuable time, resources, all the above, focusing on pursuing answers to questions that don't really matter that much at all, or at least matter way less than the fact that we've got this freaking arrow hanging out of us. We aggressively focus on the wrong things, and it shows, right? Post-event, we pour all of our collective energy into asking things like, what did the employee have for breakfast? And was this a willful violation, or was this reckless behavior? Was it unintended error? Or what was the employee's astrological sign? Is this Saturn in retrograde? We ask stupid questions, and in return, we, we get shitty answers, right? We, we play stupid games, so we win stupid prizes. From these stupid questions, we work diligently to compile this trash heap of useless data, cherry-picking and force-fitting all these kind of useless bits of crap into a neat and clean incident report. And after our examination of the facts, we now have our culprits, right? We started with the wrong questions, and now we're going to get not-so-great answers. Through our efforts, we discovered the cause of the pain. The employee did not have a proper, a proper and nutritious breakfast before coming to work, and Saturn was indeed in retrograde. The company has a poster that talks about the importance of consuming that vitally, that vitally important and nutritionally balanced breakfast before coming to the work, or before coming to work. So the employee knew that they should have ate breakfast, but they chose not to. Surely the employee knew Saturn's status and should have known how it could potentially impact their particular astrological sign as well. So willful violation, it is. We start with the wrong questions. We ask the wrong questions. So, of course, we get not-so-great answers. We lay there on our organizational deathbed, and we ask about, well, what type of bow was it that shot our employee? What was the string made out of? Was it peacock feathers on there? Because you know those peacock feathers. Did they eat breakfast? Were they situationally aware? Did they follow the rules? We ask shitty questions, we get shitty answers, and we draw shitty conclusions. So even more worthless, after our adventure as safety detectives, comes even more worthless fixes. Right? So shitty questions... Shitty answers, shitty conclusions, shitty fixes seems like a big pile of shit to me.
Right, so just that, that that particular example, the employee who didn't eat breakfast. There's our culprit, right? There's our culprit. Now we're going to go back and we're going to excavate through our our annals of tragedy. We're going to go back through our years of of incident reports, and we're go- look over the past 150 years that this organization has been in business. There was three events, completely unrelated, but there were three events that resulted in OSHA recordable injuries. And out of all three of those OSHA recordable OSHA recordable injuries, even though they're not connected. They're not related in any way, shape, or form, even by like a long shot. But what we did find is out of those three, those people did not eat breakfast. We have a trend. Like sirens go off and stuff in the safety office. We have three events over the past 150 years of unrelated things that the only thing that ties them together is the fact that these people didn't eat breakfast. Trend alert, trend alert, trend alert. Three bullet points equals a trend in our world of safety for some reason. So we're going to rush as safety professionals say, we found a trend. Let's get it onto a PowerPoint quick before it fades from our minds. Safety Sherlock strikes again. So now that we have kind of all this useless garbage and we've went through the, 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 the pain of putting on an incident report, discovering this air quotes, real heavy air quotes, trend of these three events where employees didn't eat breakfast, we're going to come up with their shitty fixes. Right? We're going to spend months of our time constructing, rolling out, and reinforcing our brand new and corporate-approved shiny safety campaign, Eat Breakfast Like Your Life Depends On It, because it does. <laughs> we will force feed our workforce, our workforce these lengthy hours and hours and hours long presentations that are chocked full of the perils and dangers of not eating a balanced breakfast before arriving at work, pointing to our newly discovered, again, air quotes, trend as evidence of its importance, we will spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and thousands of man hours on eat breakfast or die banners, posters, hard hat stickers, t-shirts, you name it, stress balls, trophies, gift cards, everything else for our new eat breakfast or die campaign. We're going to sit there and we're going to talk about and make sure that everyone understands how important the subject is to the organization. We'll add stupid questions, even more stupid questions like, have you eaten breakfast to our pre-job briefings, right? Or a pre-task checklist. Has everyone on this crew eaten breakfast this morning? We'll implement breakfast checks at the entrances, at the gates that lead into our facilities, where we will have people that physically stand there and ask people questions about what they had for breakfast before they allow them to enter the site. We'll implement double checks where we'll have our employees be responsible for other employees on their crew to just double check to make sure that their coworker, to make sure their coworker's safe, because if they didn't eat breakfast, they're not safe. We'll take this person from this last event, this unfortunate involved soul, the one whose, air quotes, willful choice to not eat breakfast, again, air quotes, caused the event, will take them on a roadshow to tell their tale about the dangers of not eating breakfast before they come to work and to, you know, to teach everyone else in the organization to not be like them and to ultimately teach that person a lesson. We'll include their story in all of our safety meetings at the beginning of nearly any safety-related presentation, at least until we have the next big event that will replace it, you know, so we can memorialize that, that, that event forevermore. Management and safety will do spot checks and focused observations, increasing the organization's oversight of this now super crucial area of concern about eating breakfast. And from those observations, we'll trend more data. Well, this fool's gold 
and we'll measure our compliance with our new, with our new eat breakfast or else rule and examine the performance of the program when non-compliance is detected or there's a decline in performance around eating breakfast now are now most sacred. We'll course correct, we'll retrain people, we'll beat them harder, we'll offer bigger and better incentives, or we'll take away incentives for folks that don't eat breakfast. Even worse, we'll mistake this misguided ball of shit, this boondoggle for learning, and bask in the feel-good sunshine of our efforts. Our aggressive focus on the wrong things, our pursuit of unimportant information is killing us this pursuit of the trivial. We believe wholeheartedly that through our pursuit of the trivial, not through the pursuit of meaningful, we'll finally find the answers and fixes that we so, that we so desperately see. Like there's this little snippet of treasure that's there somewhere around eating breakfast or astrological signs that's going to be finally that one piece of data that we finally discover that fixes safety. It's insane. It's insane. Let's land here. Let's land here, and I'll try to wrap up a little bit of this rant and the story of the poison arrow. A really hard pill for our organization to swallow, and often us as safety professionals, is this. is not everything matters. <laughs> Mind blown, right? Not all information is useful. Again, hear that? That's the sound of certain folks' minds exploding. Right? We've become obsessed with this notion of measuring our way to success. We've become addicted to data. We usually value it and its collection above even the care and well-being of our people. Nearly everything that we do within our work worlds must contain some numerical indicator to measure success. Right? Our bloated and swollen event reporting systems have grown to page after page of useless and trivial questions that are just data points for the organization to collect, trend, and analyze. Rather than asking employees meaningful questions and looking for their feedback, we demand rigid black and white measures for anything and everything. Rigid black and white data points for anything and everything. To not measure, measure softer, maybe ask different questions or to measure differently or to seek out data in other ways. It's corporate blasphemy. Right? You, no, 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 no. But we can no longer waste our time on things that are unimportant. I seem to find myself in this position in just about every conversation that I have. I seem to find myself in just about everything that I write lately. I seem to find myself back to this point in just about everything that I put my hands on. It's back to this, this really, really simple question. What actually matters? <laughs> I hope that I say that enough to where it's starting to like bleed out of your ear holes. But what's the shit that really matters? We have to maintain an, uh, our unwavering attention on stuff that's truly worthwhile. We have to focus on the stuff that really matters for the good of our organizations and for our people. We have to break this cycle, this repetitive focus on relying on the trivial, on the unimportant, on the meaningless to guide our, to guide our efforts. We have to seek out the intelligence and the wisdom to separate the important from the unimportant. We have to ask better questions if we seek better answers. We have to ask better questions if we seek more meaningful answers. Knowing the difference between what's trash, treasure, fool's gold, it matters. It matters a lot. We have to seek out that understanding 
it can make the difference between overcoming struggle, overcoming difficulty, or being overcome by it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Sam Goodman at thehopner.com, thehopner.gmail.com, www.thehopner.com, hopuniversity.org. There's all kinds of ways to get in contact with me. Slide into the DMs. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your feelings around the story of the poison arrow and around this thought of asking better questions. And I would refer you back to a lot of the work of the one, the only, the goat, the greatest of all time, a personal hero of mine, and most of us, Todd Conklin. Go read his stuff. Understand that asking better questions, it matters. If you seek good answers, you need to start with good questions. And the question's the most interesting part anyways. The question's way more interesting than the answer. That's all I've got. Sam Goodman, the Hotner, signing off. Bye, bye, bye.